Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. To make disciples, to baptise people, and teach others to obey Jesus' instructions. That is our mission. But Adam and Eve, when they were created in the Garden of Eden, who were they meant to baptize or how were they meant to create disciples? See, I think that what we've been commissioned to do isn't what we're made for. We weren't made for what we've been commissioned to do. Even though we're on mission, that's not the reason for the creation of humanity. So let's look at Genesis and look at creation and what we were created for. So in Genesis, on the sixth day, Genesis 1 verse 26, Then God said, Let us make people in our image to be like ourselves. They'll be masters over all life, of the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the livestock, wild animals and small, thing, small animals. So God created people in his own image. God patterned them after himself, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and told them, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Be masters over the fish and birds and all the animals. And God said, look, I've even given you seed-bearing plants throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. I've given you all the grasses and other green plants to the animals and birds for their food. And so it was. And God looked over all he had made and saw it was excellent in every way. And this all happened on the sixth day. And then after the seventh day, when God rested, then we, we witnessed further how, what we were created for. To live life in the Garden of Eden, to enjoy its fruit, to enjoy God's creation in relationship with Him. To walk with God through the garden. To walk through life. To enjoy God's creation in relationship with God. So we were commissioned. We, we weren't made for what we were commissioned to do. But we were commissioned because of what we had done. See, we sinned. We sinned and we brought sin into the world and that separated us from God. Sin separates us from having a relationship with God. So that's where the commission comes from. There's a need for us to to be reconciled to God because of sin. Because now we're not in relationship with God. Because of sin, humanity needs to be reconciled and, and go back into relationship with God like we were originally made for. But we were still made for something. We were still made for, for not the commission, but to live a life enjoying God's creation in relationship with Him. That's actually what we're created for. And I find as Christians, we can sort of live on each side of this. We can live underboard a bit. We see the, you know, live it up, live life and enjoy life, enjoy God's creation. But our life's no different to to someone who doesn't know God. We just enjoy and live for ourselves. We try and find fulfillment in that. um, And it's empty. And I think also when we navigate our faith, we can go overboard and go the other way of just being in relationship with Him. We forget to enjoy God's creation, what we're created to do life with Him. We just try and and be holy and try and um, do everything right and chase this being perfect, trying to be holy, trying to be wise, trying to chase being perfect. In Ecclesiastes, it was written by Solomon, one of the wisest people to ever walk the face of the earth. Um, He was King David's son, and God said to him when he became king, what do you want? And he said, I just want wisdom to lead your people well. 
So God gives him wisdom, more wisdom than anyone's ever had. And he says in, in Ecclesiastes, so it's towards the end of his life, he's writing about everything that he's learned. And he says, I've done it all. I've lived it all. I've got success like there's no tomorrow. I've got power, influence. I've, I've, I've drank. I've, I've worked hard. I've gained wisdom. I've done it all. I've lived it all. I've done everything and had everything. And it's all smoke. The only thing that brings fulfillment is walking with God through life and enjoying Him. Enjoying God's blessing and living in relationship with God. Sometimes we can live on either side of Pardon me, either side of it, but even King Solomon, living in relationship with God, allowing him to lead and guide us. That's what we were called to do. But not just so that we can enjoy our lives. It's not just so that we can enjoy it. See, we were made perfect, but because of sin, we brought sin into the world and and we can't handle it on our own. We can't handle sin. We can't overcome sin. There's a, a, a a psychological Um, phenomenon called cognitive dissonance. It's this idea that we can, our brains will justify our actions. Even regrettable actions, we can justify our actions. That's what humanity does. We're justifiable beings. If you don't understand what I mean, if you look at history, we look at um, Germany, a whole nation justified murdering a whole race of people. They They dehumanized them and justified murdering one of the worst things we can do. There's, there's, uh, in other cultures, they've justified marrying children because a, a prophet married a child in another religion so that they justify marrying children. Uh, there was a, a TV show, The Ripper, that me and my wife were watching recently and it was shocking what the, the Ripper did, but what was so much more shocking was in the police reports and and even the people in media how they spoke about the victims they were prostitutes and and the 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 language around it was like it was their fault that the rippers doing something a half good deed justifying murdering people murdering these ladies because they were prostitutes and a side note that's worth noting each time humanity's tried to to um uh justify this evil is they dehumanize. They dehumanize the prostitutes, dehumanize the Jews and say they're rodents. And how awesome that we serve a God and follow a God that came to to dignify and humanize everyone, no matter your race, no matter your gender, even if you go for the bull, even if you don't go for the bulldogs. He's still that you're still human. He comes and he's for everyone. He's for absolutely everyone. And but he is a reference point. So without the reference point of Jesus, without a reference point of the word left to our own, we'll justify our actions and justify living our own way. So we're not just meant to walk in relationship with God purely for enjoyment, but it's so that we're able to have a reference point on the way we're supposed to live our life because left to our own, we can't handle sin. We're called to do this relationship with God, with a reference point of his word, with a reference point of Jesus and the way he lived his life that relationship with him. So what's the secret ingredient? So how how do we get this relationship, this genuine relationship and walk with him? I I think this is unlocked through prayer, the secret ingredient of prayer. The first thing that prayer does, I I think, is unlocks intimacy. When when I say Brody, who's who knows Brody? As I look around, I even see two or three, we just smile. 
You know Brody and you're like, oh, he's just a good guy. Like, oh, he's awesome. If you don't know him, just you know someone like that. You think of him, oh, they're just legends. Well, no offense to Brody, but he's got nothing on Jesus. Jesus is such an incredible person. But when I say, oh, Jesus, do you get that, that feeling? How personal is your relationship with Jesus? Do you go, oh, he's such a good guy. Oh, Jesus, he, he's such a good God. Because we can have that intimacy and prayer unlocks this level of intimacy. I remember being 12 years old and who, who knows the game Need for Speed Underground? Anyone who's a gamer, that's like the OG back in the day. That was the game. Um, I played this game and I used to pray even when I played PlayStation that God would help me beat levels. And in Need for Speed, I had the Nissan Skyline. I had the red brake calipers. I had the NOS. I had it all. I was on like the second last level. And I'd played it that many times trying to beat it. I figured out every single shortcut through the game. I'm playing it and playing it. And I couldn't beat this level. And I'm praying to God. I'm like, God, why can't I beat this level? I've got the Skyline. I've got the upgrades. What's going on? And in that moment, I remember it clear as day. 12 years old, God put on my heart and said, Luke, there's no shortcuts with me. I was like, okay. So I did restart, played the level again. I didn't take any of the shortcuts and I beat the track. I know it sounds so stupid, but we can unlock a level of intimacy with God on a relation. He wants to be intimate in every detail of your life and do life with you. Not just this distant God that we pray to that's far out, but we speak and, and, and as um, Pastor Bron said, it's just a, a conversation, a two-way conversation. That's what prayer is. He just wants to do life with us alongside us and be a part of our everyday life. And again, uh, if we look at King David, he was someone who the, the Bible labels as after God's own heart, someone who was close with God. And King David had a close, intimate relationship with God. Um, in his famous Bible verse, even though I walk through the valley of death, I'll fear no evil because God, you're with me. You, you guide my path. You're beside me. You're with me every day. And King David was so intimate with God. There's a time where he danced in the street naked. Don't worry, I'm not saying go and dance naked in the street, but it's to explain that's how intimate he was with God. He, had, he understood that Jesus is this, this person. God, is, his spirit is in us. He's close. He's not a distant God, and we're meant to do life with him. And it's not just for our lives either. It's, it, we don't have this relationship with God purely so that life's good for us. But in Matthew 7, verse 21, it says... Um, it says, not everyone will enter the kingdom of heaven. People will claim, hey, I, I cast out demons. I, I, I did miracles in your name. I did all these things in your name. But God will turn around and say, yeah, but you never knew me. You never knew me. See, we were created to know God. Not just do these things and live a life of law and trying to achieve this, but live each day in prayer, in relationship with God, communicating with him, letting him be a part of our lives. That's why King Solomon said, don't try and be too good. Don't try and be too holy, too wise. Don't be evil, but just live your life and enjoy God. Enjoy your life. He created us. He created us to walk through our life in just in relationship with him, enjoying his creation. Another thing that prayer does is it unlocks our position. It unlocks where we're at. There's three things that we basically pray for. One is we pray for others. Two is we pray for ourselves. And three is we just thank God and talk with God. 
And those three things on a physical level, when we're praying for other people, it makes us more empathetic, puts us in a position of selflessness, changes our position. When we're praying for ourselves, it puts us in a position of hope and trust in God. When we're talking with God and thanking Him, it puts us in a position of gratefulness and in a personal relationship with God. I worked at Nimai National, a mental health organization, and, and in the training, it, it's secular, it's not about God, not about religion, but in the training, they identified, even psychologists can identify the power of prayer, that on a physical level, when we pray, that physically, we're more physically healthy and mentally healthy when we pray. There's an aspect of prayer that they don't understand that creates health in our lives, on a physical level. And the third thing is, Of course, not just the physical, but the supernatural. Prayer unlocks the supernatural. Uh, I remember I was 11 years old, and uh, no, 12 years old, turning 13, and I wanted to make this rep team. My dad, um, he worked really hard when we were young. We grew up in housing commission, and my dad, um, he, he worked two jobs and had a business that he did on the weekends, and he worked crazy hours, and by the time we were teenagers, we, we lived in a nice suburb and owned the house. Well, Dad worked super hard for our family for that. But because of that, he wasn't around heaps when we were younger. And so getting attention from my dad was a big thing. And my brother made footy uh, rep teams. And, and just seeing how proud my dad was of my brother, I wanted that. I'm like, oh, like I'd love to do that. God, I, I, I want to make this rep team. So in under-13s, I, I played that year in... The, they posted the list of all the people who made the rep team. And I was at training and I'd been praying and believing God, like, I want to get in this team. And I remember going over to the list and my name wasn't on the list. It didn't make the team. And my dad came and picked me up and I got in the car and, and I'm like, oh, I didn't make it. And I remember sitting there and I just went, not understanding anything more than this, but just going, God, I don't care what that piece of paper says. Like, I'm not going to let it bring me down. I'm not going to let that piece of paper have the last say. I'm going to let you have the last say. And as I'm sitting there as 12 years old, praying this to God, my dad gets a phone call. He's talking, then he turns around. And he goes, oh, Luke, you made the team. My name wasn't on the list, but I made the team. It unlocks the supernatural. It, 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 miracles. I, I, I remember I was 17 and I'd made this rep team to play for Cubs, um, a Toyota Cup under-20s feeder team with West Tigers. And a couple weeks before, I'd snapped my collarbone clean in half. And we had to start training and I, I was injured. I didn't know if I was going to be able to play. And I remember standing in front of the mirror and going, God, I'm going to raise my arm and not feel any pain. My collarbone snapped in half. I just stood there and I went, God, I'm not going to feel any pain. I rose my broken collarbone, didn't feel any pain. I ended up going through rehabilitation with my shoulder, played the whole, didn't miss a game, didn't miss a beat. Played it and, and that actually launched me into um, getting a contract with West Tigers and prayer unlocks the supernatural. I remember driving in the car, I was with my sister Bree was in the car, my brother, my mum and my dad and we were driving and the car was on empty. And the red light was on. We had no fuel. And we're driving in the car. And we didn't know if we were going to make it home. And I remember as a family, we just started praying and speaking in tugs just to make it home. We're like, oh, we're just praying. We started praying. We started speaking in tongues, stirring up our faith. I kid you not, the, the petrol meter started going up and went up to a quarter full. Well, like, we just wanted to make it home. The prayer unlocks the supernatural in our lives. I don't know how many times, countless times, like I've prayed for strength and peace and joy in my life in, in times when it's been the hardest times in my life. 
When Sarah and I have faced circumstances that should be downing, should be dragging us down, we've experienced joy and peace that's supernatural. Being able to step into situations and environments where naturally in the physical world we shouldn't be in that position. By praying, God unlocks the supernatural. Prayer unlocks the supernatural. Having that supernatural joy and peace in our lives. So I think I want to bring us to this. We can get so caught up in achieving the mission. Even we look at the Great Commission as we have been given the Great Commission. But we get so caught up in trying to do it, even even in the name of God, trying to be successful in the name of God, trying to achieve uh, these things in the name of God, trying to be holy, be wise, trying so hard to do it in in our own strength. When God's just called us and designed us and made us to just enjoy our life in relationship with Him. And from that flows the commission. From that flows us getting motivated, passionate and working out for God, but out of a relationship with God. So that He doesn't say, I never knew you. No, we know Him first. And the mission flows from that. We unlock intimacy in our relationship with Jesus and experience a joyful life that fulfills our God-given purpose. And then the mission comes naturally. And living this way, living this way, it's like a shortcut. It is living out the mission. The Bible describes when we're Christians, when we're in relationship with God and living how God called us to be, we're a city on a hill that can't be hidden. People see it and because they were created for it, they can't unsee it. It's like that sign, they're all over Tamworth. You see this advertising sign that says, unsee this. I'm like, you got me, I I can't unsee that. When we're Christians and we're in a relationship with God, living how God has called us to live, it can't be unseen. It's attractive and people see it and are drawn to it. Why? Because that's what they were created for too. Living our lives in relationship with God first and the commission flows out of that. Prayer is the secret ingredient. It unlocks our intimacy with God, with Jesus, the person of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It unlocks our position where we are in life and it unlocks the supernatural. So let's pray and then we're going to just have a discussion. There's a few questions. We'll we'll just go around in tables and chat about and continue talking about this, flesh it out, how it relates to you. So let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for, for creating us. Uh, for wanting to, to be a part of our lives, Lord God. We're humbled by the fact that you want to be a part of our lives. We thank you that you love us, that you're a good father, that you care and you've called us. I just pray, Lord God, that as we go into our Mondays, that we, we don't get caught up in the, in the trying, but God, we enjoy uh, your creation with you. That we get to know you deeper on an intimate level where we know who you are and we walk each day in the peace of knowing that you died for us, that you love us, you care for us and you've called us. We thank you so much, Lord God, that as we step into it, we're not alone, that you're with us. You walk step by step. Each step we take, you're with us, beside us. And I just pray that as we put you first, as we lead into 21 days of prayer and fasting, that we get to know you more and more, get to know your heart more and more, that you stir up in our heart what's on yours, that you enable us to see, Lord God, what, what you want to do in Tamworth, what you see, Lord God. We just pray this in your son's name. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. 
Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au. And thanks again for listening.